Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. I am so excited to be back with you for this week's episode. I heard loud and clear from a lot of you about how encouraging last week's episode was with Victoria, and I couldn't agree more. If you missed it, Victoria shared how God's kindness is all over her story in being a mama to her son who has special needs. I'll link the episode in the show notes if you would like to grab it or share it with a friend. Today's episode is with my guest, Erica Opperman. Erica and I have a mutual friend, and I love how Jenny connected us. Erica and her husband, Brian, were part of a church plant two years ago in Kansas City, along with her two sons, Axel and Max. Don't you love their names? Oh, love them. On today's episode, you will hear her story. As a young preteen girl, Erica's teacher at school voiced concern to her parents as she was showing signs of anxiety. And Erica saw herself sitting across from a Christian counselor at just 11 years old. A quote that I asked her about on the episode was when she said, Jesus saved my life, but his word saved my mind. We talk about what made the difference in her life as an 11-year-old. Erica felt God calling her to full-time Christian ministry when she was 16, and she shares lessons she's learned along the way. In this episode, we also talk about the different seasons God has called us to, what biblical perseverance looks like, scripture memorization, and what God is teaching her in a recent time of grief her family has walked through losing her father-in-law. It will be uplifting to you, especially if you are walking that road. Oh, also, Erica and I jumped on Facebook last month when we recorded our conversation for today's podcast and recorded the first half on video. It was so much fun. I'll link the video in the show notes for you. Oh, and a little reminder, show notes will be at renrobbins.com slash podcast slash 114. And if you choose, you can sign up to receive those in your inbox if that's easier for you. I send them out every Wednesday morning, and at the bottom of my homepage, there's a form to get my freebie of five ways to be a good friend, and you can get on my email list that way. This episode is chocked full of biblical truth, and I promise it will encourage you whatever you are walking through. Okay, let's get to it. This is my conversation with Erica. your family, and tell us what area of the country you're in, and then kind of what your day-to-day life looks like. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> well, my, like you said, my name is Erica Offerman, and I am married to Brian, and I tell everybody that he is the best human that I know, and he really is. We will be married 14 years this New Year's Eve is our anniversary, and I can't believe it's going to be 14 years that we've been married. And we live in Kansas City, which I have to say, go Chiefs, right? We beat Woo! the Patriots this Sunday. Yes. Very excited about that. Um, but we live here in Kansas City, and Brian is actually the worship pastor at our church. And he's from the Kansas City area. We've kind of lived all over. Ministry's taken us a lot of different places. But we moved back about two years ago to help plant a church called Discover Church. And he's our worship pastor. And that has been an amazing experience. It seriously is probably one of the greatest joys of my life, being able to be a part of starting a church from the ground up. And then we have two amazing just rambunctious, crazy boys. My oldest, Axel, is seven, and he is in second grade. And I tell you what, right now, one of the most exciting things, well, the most exciting thing was he just got baptized at the church that we helped plant. And I tell you what, and my husband got to baptize him. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm going to try really hard not to cry, but it was... When he said, I baptize you, my brother, I tell you what, all of the hard parts of motherhood, like I didn't even remember because that was worth it right there that I know that I get to spend eternity with my son. So um, that is definitely the most exciting thing, but he's really gotten into Chiefs football. And so he knows all of the players, all of the numbers, the stats. And so not only do I have my husband yelling at the TV now, but I have my seven-year-old. And I am not, like, I'm not a huge sports person, but of course, you know, when you get married, you compromise. So I'd watch some sports, but it's just really sweet seeing their relationship and their bond over football. And then my youngest, Max, is four, and he just started preschool this year, and he is fiery. I mean, that boy is going at 180 miles. He will tell you exactly what he thinks, and he is just a little spitfire. If I'm being honest, he's a lot like his mama. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's awesome. So that's our family. And then my day-to-day, -day, goodness, well, I have two rambunctious boys, and so there is a lot of laundry involved, a lot of cleaning up of messes, taking to sports practices back and forth, of course, being a part of a local church. Um, I always say I'm a local church girl, um, and so very involved in our church. Um, but then a lot of my day-to-day -day is preparing for messages. I have the honor of being able to go and speak and encourage women at events and conferences and mom's groups. And so a lot of my days is digging in and researching in the word, which, man, I am a total nerd and I just love doing that. But what I love about that is being able to break that down and communicate it so that lives can be transformed, not just to build up knowledge. And so if I'm not preparing a message, then I'm preparing a blog post or social media or preparing resources or tools or content that can help encourage and equip women. And so that is really our day to day. And then we are crazy and we are fun and we laugh really loud at this house. Um, but I just, I really, I feel like more than any other season, I'm just really, really thankful for where we are. It's not perfect. It's very messy, but I'm really thankful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So I want to go back a little bit. Uh, when you were a 16 year old girl, okay. I read this on your <laughs> blog, on your website, um, how you were a 16 year old girl, you were wearing the hot pink swishy pants, which 
we oh, yeah. all have done either the umbro shorts, right? Or the swishy pants. Yeah. Come on. Limited to. I was so proud of those things. Yes. Limited to. <laughs> and um, you remember distinctly when you were at a summer camp and yeah. the pastor said, if you feel called to Christian ministry, if you feel the call of God, you are a believer and you have the call of God that you know you are to be in ministry, um, to come down front. And what happened? Oh my goodness. I bolted. I mean, I hadn't even really logically thought through it. And it was really the, it was an out of body type of experience where I stood up and I'm pretty sure in all of my swishiness, I like swish, 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 swish as fast as I could to the front aisle and I'm blinded by tears. Um, and what was really special is my mom had gone as a chaperone on the trip. And this wasn't anything that we discussed before. I mean, I didn't even know that they were going to do this invitation. I knew that God was working on me in a very profound and intense way. I was experiencing his presence and the Holy Spirit more than I ever had before. But he didn't know what that looked like. And I was raised in an amazing church and very missions oriented. And so for me, I kind of thought that that's what ministry looked like was missions, but they really had a big emphasis on ministry and local church. And so when he gave that invitation, I mean, I beelined it and didn't look back. Mm, I love that. Well, and I love on your website, you talk about how <laughs> you are for women being on mission. Mm -hmm. So what does that yes. phrase, women being on mission, look like to you or look like to women out there? Yes. So women on mission is something that I've recently become really passionate about. That I'll talk about in a second. But essentially women on mission, um, this term really just encompasses women who are running in their God-given purposes. So whatever season you're in, maybe you're listening and you are a stay-at-home mom and you are in the nurse and change diaper season of life. Or maybe you're listening and you know, you've got a nine-to-five job. Maybe you're a single mom. Maybe you're a CEO, you've got a business at home, maybe you are retired and discovering new passions that you have, but regardless of what season or circumstance, you're a woman on mission because all that means is that we are women who are running in our God-given purposes. And so God really started to lay uh, this group of women on my heart. Really, it was born out of a struggle. I started noticing uh, that, and really, it had been something that has followed me all of my life. I am not great at persevering. I mean, it is probably one of the things that I struggle with most. I can look back in childhood, and even when things got hard, or if I wasn't good at them, man, I'd peace out. I was done. I would quit. And so then I started noticing in my adult life that that was my go-to, that if life threw any hurdles at me, unforeseen circumstances, if it got hard, if my insecurities got the best of me, I'd want to quit. And a lot of times, I mean, I could see where I did stop short of what God had called me to do. And so I remember I started going, okay, what is biblical perseverance? Because our culture has a lot to say about perseverance. And as a matter of fact, just as you scroll Instagram, 
you can get on one post, you can get hustle. And then another post, you can get rest. And you're like, what, what does biblical perseverance really look like? And so I began a journey of really digging in to what persevering God's way looks like. And so that really gave me such a passion to really encourage and equip women on mission to run their race of faith. Because at some point, we're all going to want to quit. And I think there's a lot of us out there that no matter what it is, maybe we're in seasons of sprinting and we're exhausted and we want to quit. Or maybe we've gone through something really tough and we want to quit. Or maybe we've just lost vision and passion and we want to quit. And that is exactly what the enemy wants us to do. Because if he can't have us as believers, he wants to render us ineffective. And so as I started looking out at the landscape, I started seeing that this wasn't just an issue that I had. That this is an issue that even the ladies in the aisles at Target are talking about, you know, that even in small talk that it's hard and, and we want to quit, but we, but at the same time, we want to keep going if that makes sense. And so God just laid this passion on my heart to be a cheerleader, to be a guide, to come alongside women and to encourage and equip them so that they can say at the end of their days that I have run my race to the full course. And I, and my heart is full of faith. And so that's from second Timothy and, and Paul's writing about that to Timothy, that he's finished his full course. That is what I want. And that is what I want for women too. Okay. So take us when, uh, let's say that there's a woman out there that is at home. Uh, mm -hmm. she has, um, three kids. Uh -huh. She is at home and she knows that God has a purpose for her, but she doesn't know yeah. what it is. And yes. she's sitting and she knows that she's to pour into her kids. Uh, mm -hmm. She has God first, she has her husband, and then she's got the kids. But she feels like there's something inside that she wants, that, that she feels like she can do more. Um, mm -hmm. Does she pour into her kids and that is her main goal? Or does she do that and then do something as well? How do you... Um, how does somebody discern that? How would, what would you say that to that lady that is at home, to that gal that's at home in the middle of, of that? And how does she Ooh. really find her purpose? Yes. Goodness. That's not in our yeah, notes. I'm that's, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's the question, isn't it? And I think that it's something that all of us wrestle with and not just one time either. Um, and one thing that I would say, first of all, is I get you. I've been there. I know that I'll be there again. I think a lot of us have been. So rest in knowing that you're not alone, but also know that seasons come and go. And just because this is what this season looks like, isn't necessarily what the next season is going to look like. I have a hard time looking at that. Um, when my boys were young, very young, I stayed home with both of them and I started to feel this unease and this wrestle and that let me know, okay, God, what are you doing? Like I've been, you know, a believer long enough, had a relationship with you long enough that this feeling is starting to look familiar. And so I would tell her the first thing that she needs to do is churchy as this sounds, but I believe this with my whole heart is get in the word of God and really have an open dialogue with him. We're not going to miss our season of yes. And I think so many times we live out of fear of, oh my gosh, if I don't do this now, I'm going to miss it. And if God has something else for me, he's going to pick somebody else because I've got these kids. And 
let's not make those decisions out of fear, but going to the word of God and going, okay, what is true? And dialoguing with him and saying, Lord, please make this so evident and clear what you have for me in this season. And then just using what's in your hand. Um, I wish that I could tell, you know, this woman exactly what her purpose is. And it's funny that you asked that question because I get asked by women that question quite a bit, whether it's praying with women after uh, church or small group, people want to know, well, how do I know? How do I know? Well, you know, through your relationship with Jesus and he's going to make that evident for every season. I've had so many seasons that have looked like me pouring in to my boys. I've had seasons where I felt restless and wanted to go away from that. And the Lord has said, nope, this is, this is the season that we're in. But then I've had times when the Lord's been like, okay, when my youngest was about four months is when I really started stepping into speaking and writing on a more full-time basis to the point where I got a speaking coach and and it seemed crazy because he was acid reflux. He was, did not sleep. I was sleep deprived, but God was saying, do you trust me? I need you to, to take this step. Um, and so I would say, go to the word of God, pray, ask for confirmation, and then talk to your husband about that. And what does this look like in this season of life for me? I love it. That's so good. You know, I think there's women out there that have young kids at home that they're, you know, they're just not sure about, you know, what their purpose looks like. And if they are mm -hmm. to stay um, pouring into their kids or if they are supposed to go out. So I love that you yep. said that and that to get into God's word. I love that. Yep. Um, okay. I'm going to quote you because when I found you and heard about you, I did a deep dive on your Instagram. I did a yes. deep dive on your website. And so I found a quote and it struck me. It struck me still. Um, and so I want to read it to you and I want you to tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Okay. So you said it was in a blog post and you said, okay. I tell people that Jesus saved my life mm. and the word saved my mind. So tell me what that means to you and how important it is for us as believers to be in God's word. Yes. Well, this comes from a desperation that wasn't something that I wrote that was a, oh, Erica's super holy or she wants to be holy and all that sort of stuff. Um, it just came out of a struggle and out of desperation. It started when I was in fifth grade and I had an amazing teacher that started to notice some signs of early onset anxiety in me. And she connected with my parents and just let them know like, hey, Erica's exhibiting these things, are you seeing this at home? And I just wanted you to be aware of it because I'm a little bit concerned. And my parents are amazing and they did absolutely everything that they could to help me um, because I did, I was struggling with anxiety. It just happened to be a lot earlier than what a lot of people um, encounter. And so by the time I was 11 years old, I found myself in my first counselor's chair. And great biblical Christian counseling my parents sought out for me. And I still, to this day, am in counseling for that. But I tell you what, really, really completely just transformed me, and it was the Word of God. The best thing that my parents ever did for me was I saw them in the Word of God. I would get up, and my mom was big into precepts, and so she'd have, you know, the colored pencils, and she was coloring her Bible, and so that was an example. And so for me, is I'm really young, going through something that at that time nobody really talked about. Um, it's not like my friends were talking about it on the playground. My parents, like, 
as a parent now, I can't imagine what they were going through either because there probably felt a little bit of loneliness because it was, there was more of a stigma to it then than there was now, or there is now, excuse me. And so I just started going to the word at a really young age and, and fell in love with it as I did. And so I was out of desperation fighting for my mind because I had these anxious thoughts and these lies that I believed that the enemy was feeding on one side. And I noticed that when I went to the Bible, I was filled with peace and it renewed my mind. And so I began began a practice that I still do now. I write scripture on index cards. I put them on my desk here. I put them in the bathroom mirror. I put them in my car. And when I start to have a thought that I know is not of the Lord, then I began to look at that index cards. I carry them with me in my purse. Scripture memory has been, has just transformed my life so that I am able to combat that. And I literally talk to myself. And I think that that's something that's so important for us as women is that whatever it is, maybe you don't struggle with anxiety, but maybe you've got some crippling um, insecurities that you're walking through or lies that Satan's trying to feed you, or you're just in a dark time or sad or lonely, man, let's commit these things to memory. Let's get in the word of God. I've got this marked because this is one of my um, favorite verses and it's irony that I'm saying to memorize scripture and here I'm reading it to you. So I, this is going to be one that I'm going to be memorizing. <laughs> uh, but Romans 12 two says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. And then it goes on to say, and then you will know what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so to that woman that's wondering what her purpose is, it's this right here, but we've got to renew our minds because I believe that when we open the Bible, that there is the potential for transformation in our lives, but it starts by the renewing of our mind. So I just encourage anybody Scripture memory, writing scripture on index cards, put it everywhere where that's what you're telling yourself and you're not just absorbing everything that, that is going on in culture. Yeah, that's so good. So good and so wise. And I know y'all have experienced loss in your family this year. Mm -hmm. How is God working on your heart through that grief right now? Um, it is hard and, and depending on the day. And you can ask my good friends this. You can even ask people at church. I've had to become a lot more transparent and vulnerable and, and apologize a lot more because there are some times where I'm having a bad day and it may happen on a Sunday and I, it may spill over into my conversations. And so a couple of weeks ago, I had to call a couple people and say, Hey, I was really off and I was probably a little bit snappy, but this is what was going on. Um, because sometimes it's just hard. And if anybody is out there and they are grieving, especially at Christmas, man, it hits you in ways that you just never imagined that it would hit you. I thought that I would have a memory and it would trigger it and it would be very patterned, but it's not. I mean, sometimes it's just like our pastor told us right after it happened, he came to the house and he said, grief is like waves and it comes in and sometimes you just have to ride, you know, ride the wave. But I've questioned things. I mean, if I'm just being really honest, I've thought my husband is 35 years old and shouldn't have to be walking through not having a dad anymore. Uh, being in ministry, his dad was a safe spot for him. 
that he could confide in, that he relied on for wisdom. He was his biggest cheerleader. And then all of a sudden that's gone. My boys, um, my in-laws would keep my boys once a week or my mother-in-law is amazing and she still does. And she keeps our boys once a week. So they had a great relationship. And so why, why? What what was the point? And so where the word comes in is it is it grounds me to scripture that tells me that I'm going to work all things for good. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't hurt and that doesn't mean that I don't question and that doesn't mean that that makes me, you know, oh, great. Now I can go run in a field of wildflowers. I feel so great. But that gives me hope that there is a purpose in, in, in all of this. And so that's where the word has been such a comfort to me. Advent has taken on a complete new meaning to me. It's been a lot more profound and a lot more deep. There's been an ache that I think um, comes with Advent and in, in waiting. And I have a greater appreciation for that this year also in just thinking about that god knew that he was going to have to walk this road of sending his son and loss and he did it anyway and i was actually thinking about that this morning as i was reading the scripture is god knew all of this sort of stuff and he still did it if i knew <laughs> the pain i and it just makes my appreciation for what god did for us through jesus so much greater so much deeper and so much closer um God's very name means nearness. It's Emmanuel, God with us. I read that in my Advent study. And I can tell you that I have a greater intimacy with the Lord this year. That does come with me going, okay, I don't know what you were thinking in this, but I feel such a nearness with him um, because I just have to. Uh, because out of necessity, out of, I don't understand this, but I feel you and I feel this loneliness, but I also feel you with me. And so the word has come in because it's reminded me of the hope. It's reminded me that it's not the end. It's reminded me that there's a purpose in my pain. And it's reminded me that through all of that and in the waiting, and even if I don't find any of that out on this side of heaven, that he is still Emmanuel, God with me, walking with me in the valley when I don't know if I'm ever going to get out. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I love, you have a blog post on this, so I'll link it in the yes. show notes to yes. um, what to do when you're grieving around the holidays. And I know this isn't going to air till January, but grief doesn't come up at just the holidays. Like you said, oh, it's no. so I think that would be really meaningful to my listeners to check that out. If you are yeah. grief for sure. And if you are too, I always, I want you to feel your feelings too. If you're going through grief, it's okay to be sad. And I think sometimes as Christians, you know, we want to give that hope and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to bring hope, but I've noticed, and I didn't even realize how much I did this until we walked through grief. This is the first time that I've walked through grief like this before, but in the effort to give hope, we sometimes invalidate people's feelings. And I want people to know that it's okay to feel that sadness um, because there's nothing that Jesus hasn't felt. Um, and so I just wanted to send that out there too, that yes, the word does all of that, but I hope it reminds you that even in your sadness, that he's right there with you, sitting with you as you're bawling your eyes out. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a good word. Okay, we're almost out of time. I can't even believe it. Oh my it. goodness. Oh, okay. So here's my lightning round. What is your, uh, what are you eating, reading, and loving? Oh my goodness. Okay, well, I take this very seriously because 
I looked up what I was eating because I couldn't, I threw the box away and I couldn't remember. And I hate it when I listen to podcasts and they talk about products and they can't remember it. So I looked this up. Um, I am gluten and dairy free, unfortunately, wah, wah. Um, but I feel so much better. I thought I'd hate giving up the gluten, but I have found that taking away cheese is like taking away my happiness. So I have to splurge every once in a while. So my snacks are for all of you fellow gluten-free, dairy-free people out there. But Costco, do you guys have Costco? Costco. We have stock in Costco. They get a lot of okay. Yes. You are my kind of people. So, and I think that they have them like at grocery stores in the health food section, but they're almond flour crackers. Now that's not going to sound very exciting, but they all stays like, almost so it's like real crackers and they've got i couldn't figure out what the taste was it was so good but they've got rosemary in them and wow. they're amazing but they're simple mills and i just get the sea salt and i mean it sounds like i'm really good and really healthy but i could down a costco size box in one setting watching a hallmark christmas movie <laughs> okay <laughs> that sounds good we love costco okay what are you reading Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I love reading and I'm a total nerd. And so I am actually reading two books, which I never do. I like to focus on one, but they're so different that I'm able to do this. I'm actually right now reading kind of a weighty book. Um, but again, I love researching for messages and I'm working on some speaking engagements that I have in 2020 and also working on a fairly large size writing project. Right. So I am reading um, a biography of Paul by N.T. Wright. Now, it is huge. It is a big book, but I tell you what, I started out for research purposes, but I am loving it. Like I, I, I carry it with me everywhere and it's huge. Like my purse weighs 20 pounds because of this book. But if I'm like at the doctor's office or I'm in the pickup line at school, we're not supposed to have our phones. And so anyway, I read and I'm reading that. It's it's changing the way that I see the Old Testament combining with the New Testament and the Jewish law that I just thought didn't matter and getting to know who Paul was when he was Saul and how that plays a part into the letters that he is writing in the New Testament. It's, I mean, I could go on and on. I'm such a nerd. I love digging. Yeah, in that's cool. That, but it's so good. Okay. And then the other book that I'm reading is actually a parenting book and it is called Parenting with Heart by Chip Dodd. He wrote uh, Voice of the Heart, which is also a really, really good one. But I picked this up and then, surprise, it's a parenting book actually for parents. And so it deals with some really deep heart issues of parenting, but it has been so good because his goal, and he flipped my perspective when when he started talking about parenting and looking at our kids, like raising them to be wise wholehearted 50 year olds and that'll change the way that you respond and you discipline and you nurture um and so it is just it's phenomenal it's blowing my mind i started it a couple days ago and i kind of knew what to expect because i'd read voice of the heart but whoo i closed it and i was like i'm not reading this like there oh, i am not reading this but it it's it's been so good Okay. And exactly what I needed in this stage of, of parenting, my little boy's hearts. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. That's awesome. I'll put all this in the show notes. Okay, what are you loving these days? Oh my, I love Christmas. And I know it's very broad and this is going to air in January. Um, but I just, 
I love Christmas and it does look different for us this year. Um, but I believe that sorrow and joy can be experienced at the same time. And so we are walking uh, through both of those, but oh my goodness, true confession. Sorry, this is going to offend some listeners. We've had our tree up since November 1st. <laughs> I mean, we, with Brian being a worship pastor, I mean, he's getting into Christmas music yeah. so early and planning so early, but I just, I love Christmas. I love Hallmark movies. I realize that they're cheesy. I actually have my undergrad degree in theater. I'm sure that my parents were like, what? But now, since that's what I do and I speak, it's just cool to see how God even used a theater major in, in college because I use that a ton. Yeah. It's coming yeah. handy. But anyway, so many people are like, you're a theater major. You're educated. Shouldn't these movies bother you? They're so predictable. And I'm like, no, because I know what I'm going to get with the Hallmark movie. Exactly. And that's yeah. what we to watch it. Exactly. And so I just love all things Christmas. Um, we're getting ready to take the boys. We like to put them, everybody gets in their pajamas, even Brian and I, because again, we're big kids. We like to have lots of fun and um, get hot cocoa, get in our pajamas and we go look at the lights. And so we've got some fun places downtown here, the plaza, if anybody's familiar with Kansas city, goodness, I love our city, but we'll go and look at these different lights and it's with music on and it's just, it's, it's really is just a magical time of year. That's so great. So fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This oh. was amazing. Girl, can I just say thank you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And what you do is so important. I think it's awesome that we can be working out or running or school drop off and we can get truth in our ears. And so thank you for what you do as a listener. Thank you so much. And then I'm just so honored that you would ask me to be a part of this. Oh, absolutely. I love what you're doing for the kingdom. And so can you share where we can find you? Absolutely. So you can find me on my website, ericaopperman.com. Um, I've got stuff there for speaking. I've got resources that I have created for women on mission. So you can find me on my website. You can also find me, goodness, I love social media. You can find me on Instagram at Erica underscore Opperman. You can also find me on Facebook where we have this community, beautiful, messy community of women on mission. And you can find us there at Erica L. Opperman. We are doing lives. We're doing all sorts of things as a community of women. And so we'd love to have you guys join us. That's awesome. That's awesome. Just so grateful for you. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much. So good. What I love about Erica is how focused she is on Jesus. Her heart is for women to run our race of faith, to encourage and equip us. And I felt so very encouraged after our conversation. Don't forget all of the links and books from the Eat, Read, Love segment will be listed at the show notes at renrobbins.com slash podcast slash 114. And I would love for you to do me a favor. If you're listening on your podcast app right now, could you click the stars to rate the podcast? A click on all five stars would be so great. And if you want to go one step further to write a sentence or two to review the podcast, oh my goodness, I would be so grateful. So I have a little episode challenge for both of us, y'all. Let's pick a verse to write on a note card and post on our mirror like Erica mentioned. 
We will see it every morning and every night as we get ready for the day and for bed. It will focus our heart and mind on God's Word. Who's in? Post your pictures of your verse on your mirror and tag us at Friends of a Feather Podcast and at Erica Opperman on Facebook or Instagram and use the hashtag Friends of a Feather Podcast. I can't wait to see what verses you post. Well, thanks for joining me today. I post several times a week on Instagram and Facebook and would love to connect with you. Remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.